Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Glad to be with you again today on our uh, Victory Church weekly podcast. Uh, Pastor Mitch here again, and I hope your your day is going well and you're uh, you're seeking first the kingdom of God. Uh, glad to make contact. Uh, look, I've been talking about the Holy Spirit working in us. We are looks like look, uh, living in the time just prior to Jesus' return, and it is a phenomenal time. Both darkness and light are wanting to have their heyday. Of course, we win. We're on the winning team. But Satan is uh, looking to manifest uh, his, his uh, greatest, which would, for him, be the Antichrist. And, uh, and uh, here we are, uh, and the kingdom of God is expanding in a tremendous way. So I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. He's the one that wants to work in us in a fresh way these days. And I, I, I trust you letting him work in you. I'm talking about 10 ways the Holy Spirit works in our lives as believers. I'm taking them one at a time. And uh, some of these 10, it takes more than one podcast to get through that particular, uh, that particular one. We're starting with John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. We can trust the Holy Spirit to guide and navigate us through, uh, the, um, through the challenging times we live in and show us how to uh, best benefit the kingdom of God, and then he'll make a way for us in our personal lives as well. So here are 10 ways the Holy Spirit works in us. I've mentioned the first, uh, looks like the first seven of these. We're on number eight today. Number one, the Holy Spirit creates unity in the body of Christ. Number two, the Holy Spirit gives us the desire to be like Jesus. Three, the Holy Spirit produces in us a sense of righteousness, of right standing with God. Four, the Holy Spirit seeks to keep us pure. Five, the Holy Spirit will lead us away from the harmful effects of our culture. Six, the Holy Spirit will give us a sense of belonging with the Father. And then the last time, seven, the Holy Spirit will give you an overcoming attitude in life. And all of those, uh, boy, we just went into detail on the particulars of that. Number eight today, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit urging us to watch our words. This is uh, perhaps one of the greatest changes in me when I came to Jesus um, when I was almost 18 years old. God immediately began to deal with me about what I call my potty mouth. I just had, I just used words. It was so bad. And, and God immediately began to speak to me. And you know, when you, when you come to Jesus and are baptized with the Holy Spirit, He gives you a new language in that prayer language that is praying with other tongues which I have done every day since September 12 1976 you know he, he grabs your vocal organs and, and allows you to to flow with him and that in and of itself begins to clean up uh, your potty mouth your wrong words and he did that with me and really Really, over all these years, 46 and a half years now, wow, just what a change. Ephesians 4.29 Amplified says this, Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others as is fitting to the need and occasion 
that it may be a blessing and give grace God's favor to those who hear it. So again, you know, that's, that's one of the first scriptures that really begin to challenge me in such a strong way to really watch the kinds of words I used uh, in my daily behavior in life. New Living Translation of Matthew 12, 35 says this, a good person, or 35 through 37, really, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, Jesus continues, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak, the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. So words, he says words come from the treasury of our heart. So whatever's inside of us comes out of our mouth. So, you know, when I teach on faith, I, I just encourage people, if you want to know where your faith is for healing, for trusting God, for your finances, for uh, changing circumstance, for whatever you're believing God for, what are you saying about it? Because my faith does not go beyond the words of my mouth. If I'm believing it, I must be saying it, or I don't really believe it. And our salvation starts that way. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. With the heart we believe, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation, Romans 10, 9 and 10. So, you know, it, it just uh, words and faith and words in our heart go hand in hand. So um, there's a real attack on words today, and we're living in such a strange age. Slander, character assassination are popular today. Uh, when somebody do, don't agree, when someone doesn't agree with someone else, they vilify them and put them down and slander them. It's the spirit of the age, and you know that's something that we should resist. I want to go to James chapter three. James is the practical half brother of Je Jesus. New Living Translation, beginning with verse two, James three. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Now, see, I like his slant there. What I do with my mouth determines what happens to my life. He starts right out saying that. And then he compares our tongue uh, to a bit in a horse's mouth and the rudder on a ship. Verse 3, we make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. Verse 4, James 3, and a small rudder, makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong, five, in the same way, see, the same way that the bit in the horse's mouth enables us to pull on the reins and, and decide which way that horse is going to be going. So, so it is, and, and the same way the rudder on the ship. You turn that rudder, the helmsman turns the rudder, and he determines the course of the ship in the same way. The tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. There's, these, there's another analogy of just a little spark of fire can burn, can burn a whole forest down. See, and he's saying just a, a small word. It seems innocuous. It seems innocent. But, you know, words determine the direction of our life. And that's what he's saying. Verse 6, and among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire it is a whole world of wickedness corrupting the, your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for uh, it is set on fire by hell itself. So again, the tongue, our words guide our lives the way a rudder guides a ship and the way a bit in the mouth guides a horse. I want to hone in again on verse 6 and um, going back to King James, New King James here. 
Um, James 3 verse 6 says this, listen to this, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. And then this next part is what I want to hone in on for just a few minutes here. It says, and sets on fire, the tongue sets on fire the course of nature. Now, now that's blind. There's some rich information there with the words course of nature. And it, the tongue is set on fire by hell. So the word course, so again, the tongue is set among our members that it determines what happens with us, our body. And he says it sets on fire the course of nature. Let's talk about course of nature. The word course, the Greek word there is trachos. It's the Greek word for wheel. So, so a wheel is round. So see, this is a reference to the round of human activity. So it sets on fire the course or round of human activity. And so again, the word nature in this word sets on fire the Round of nature, the word nature, it's the Greek word genesis, which means birth. And it refers to the constant change of life, the sphere, the round of life, all that's contained in our life. You put it together, this phrase course of nature refers to the whole realm of a person's life from the cradle to the grave. Wow, you get that? Again, let me read it again so you can get the significance of this. The tongue is a fire, verse 6, James 3. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the wheel, the round of human activity from the time we're born until the time we die. And then he says, and it is set on fire by hell. That means we live in a fallen world. Demonic forces are seeking to grab a hold of what we say and cause us to say the wrong things. Oh my goodness. Everything of life is controlled by words. So I live this way and you know I've trained myself to watch carefully what I say. We rise or fall and you rise or fall to the level of your words or to the level of your confession. See? So let me say it a different way. What, <clears throat> what I do with my words, what you do with your words determines what I do with my life, what you do with your life. It's all, it's all summed up with, with our words. So, so begin today again to value your words. Proverbs 15, 4 says this, a wholesome tongue. I love this. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. This is New King James Version. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. So again, a tongue is a tree of life. So, so let me tell you what Satan wants to do. He's there in James 3, 6. He says the tongue is set on fire by hell itself. Satan wants in the dark kingdom, Satan and the dark kingdom, they want to cut down our tree of life. They want us to use our own words against us. Wow. So again, the whole world, have you noticed? Of course, uh, is programmed to speak death. People say, I hear people say it's, uh, uh, constantly. That scared me to death. Well, why are you saying that? Why don't you say it scared me to life? Or, or then, you know, people that don't know the Lord frequently uh, use expletives and they will, see, they will say, damn this or damn that. Or they will say, God, and then damn this or that. What? Wait, 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 wait. Where's all that coming from? Why are we using that kind of language? 
You know, why do I want to put instead of a blessing on what I'm doing or what on on the challenge I'm facing? Why do I instead? Why don't I say, well, well, God bless that instead of God, you know, blank that? Or or why does somebody say, well, blanket? They're saying, damn it. Well, well, why do you want to do that? What's what's moving a person to say those kinds of words? We live in a fallen world. It's the demonic realm coming in. And see, Satan knows if he can tap our tree of life, he can hinder our life. So Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it, that is, those who love life will eat its fruit. So again, death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's, that's powerful. My words determine what happened to my life. So, so should it not be that I'm very careful with what I do with my words, what I do with my words determines the direction of my life. James was very clear, very clearly spoken here. Proverbs uh, 18, 21, um, a wholesome tongue. Again, Proverbs 15, 4 is a tree of life. So, God, I ask myself throughout the day, am I speaking life or am I speaking death? What kinds of words rule uh, your conversation. Um, what kind of rules, words rule your conversation with your spouse? What kind of words rule your conversation with your children? What kind of rule, words rule your conversation about your job? What are you saying about your money? What am I saying about my spouse, my children, my job, my money, my circumstances, my future? What am I saying about my physical body? What am I saying about my relationship with the Lord? What am I saying? What am I saying? See, my words, they're either activating God's power to work in the various areas of my life or my words are being used by the dark kingdom, listen, to open a door to hinder my life. So again, uh, you know, all this kind of fits together, doesn't Ephesians 2, uh, 1 and 2 says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which, verse 2 says, you once walked according to the course of this world. You walked in, in sins and trespasses. Uh, you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. They said your whole realm of life, time you're born to time you die, is being controlled by this, this prince of the power of the air, and he's trying to move you to use your own words against you. So again, Satan rules people who don't know Jesus, and they're called here the sons of disobedience. And... Uh, you know, they are unable to, con to uh, uh, affect his rule around them. Satan con manipulates and controls them a, a lot at will. And, and, and most unbelievers are, are just don't even, aren't even aware of the spiritual influences around and what they're moving them to do or say. And, and we've all been there, right? So, uh, so, so the language of doubt, the language of fear, the language of unbelief, it's everywhere. It's enmeshed into living on this planet. And the good news is we have been delivered out from under the control of darkness. Colossians 1.13 says he has delivered us. Jesus has delivered us from the power of darkness, right? And conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. We have been delivered from, the, from uh, you know, the influence of evil uh, New Living Translation, Colossians 1.13 says this, um, 
for he, Jesus, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. I like that. So, so what does that mean? That means that, that means on the inside of us, there's an impetus, there's a drive, there is a, there's a desire. And see, point number eight is the Holy Spirit will, will, will lead us to change our words, to be careful with our words. Why? Because words control our life. So um, Satan knows he can't really control us as a believer uh, unless we allow him. So what he does, he and his king, kingdom seek to tap into our tree of life, cause us to say words when we're down, when we're blue, when we're discouraged, when we're angry. Uh, say words that act, actually, you know, uh, hinder us in life uh, so they can hinder, so he can hinder God's work in our life. That's why we need to be really, really careful with our words. If I'm feeling bad, I shut my mouth. Can I say that again? If when I'm feeling bad, I shut my mouth. I don't say what I feel. I don't say what I think. You know, sometimes, some days you're attacked. Some days are t tough days. Ephesians 6 talks about the evil day. Well, you know, every day is not necessarily an evil day when the enemy attacks. Some days you have like, that's a good day. And other days it's like, man, all hell breaks loose. And it's like, what in the world is going on today? There are days that the enemy kind of sets the scope on you, whatever. Maybe demons come up and whatever, and they try to entice and tempt and overpower and produce fear and doubt and all the dread and you know, gloominess and all that. You got, when that happens to me, and listen, all of us have those kinds of days. All of us have melancholy days. All of us have blue days. All of us have, quote, off days. You know what? When that happens, I shut my mouth. I, I will not let that come out of my mouth. Instead, I will begin to say what God says about me, even though it doesn't seem to be real, even though it doesn't seem to be true, because I know during those days, Satan wants to tap my tree of life, and I'm not about to let him do it. Does that make sense? So, man, it's really, really amazing. Once you get a hold, it's amazing. Once you get a hold of this concept, oh, my goodness, uh, it, it changes. When you get angry, watch the words. When I allow strife into my words, see, I'm allowing the dark kingdom an entrance into whatever area of life I'm I'm dealing with. Again, don't forget Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. So words, our words either give God control or our words give the kingdom of darkness control. And um, I'll come back next time. I think I'll stop right here today because i got some really cool stuff here. I, I have spent a lot of time uh, confessing God's word. When I come back next time, I want to talk about what confession is, and you'll be amazed at what the word confession means in the New Testament. We'll go over that and cover that. Then I'll talk about the value of words, and we'll go to the book of Proverbs. And I want to just look at the scriptures that that mention words, and then just talk to you about how that's worked in my own life. I can say that that when I first came to the Lord, my my mouth was so bad, and I was so full of pessimism doubt, fear, dread, that kind of thing. That, uh, and, and I don't think anybody told me to do this, but once I saw the value of words, that my words, to recap, my words are like the bit in a horse's mouth, the rudder on a ship, or my words are like a spark that can set on fire from James 3, the, a whole forest. Oh, my goodness. I, boy, I immediately thought, you know, i got to change what I'm saying. So here's what I did. And uh, come back next time, talk about this in more detail. But 
uh, I got, you know, there was no internet, none of that. You didn't have a phone. You didn't have a cell phone. Nothing, none of that was available. There were no personal phones, landlines on me. So we had paper and we wrote things down. And I would keep a pen in my pocket. And shirts at the time had a pocket. A man's shirt had a pocket and he'd stick a pen in. I'd always keep a note card in there. So here's what I did. I got two note cards. And uh, I was young. I was in my 20s, early 20s. I was, I was probably 18, well, probably 18, 19-ish when I did this. But I wrote down on the front and back of two note cards, um, confessions. And those confessions were from the Word and just what God said about me. Because I had to, you know, when you come to Jesus, you got to get your mind renewed. See, our mind, it's still thinking, it's programmed by darkness, programmed by doubt, programmed by fear. And to get that out of me, I wrote on the front and back as small as I could write at the time. Um, and again, I was, in, I was really young, so, you know, I could see really well, small print. I wrote front and back two note cards, three by five, verses, confessions from verses. And I would take those things, and, you know, I've still got those cards, and they're brown for me holding them so much in my hand and the oils in my hand getting on the card. But I would walk back and forth in a room and I would say out loud the scriptures on the front and back of both of those two cards and I did it mostly every day. Now when I first started, I remember thinking, you know, this isn't doing squat for me. It's not doing anything for me. But I knew enough and I had read enough and I'd listened to uh, pastors and other men of God and women of God who taught the Word to know that if I've just hung in with this, something's eventually going to change. The Bible cannot lie, and God cannot lie. And if my life goes the direction of my words, if I will just stick with it sooner or later, something's going to kick into the positive here and get me out of this mess I've been living in all my life. And you know what? It took a while. And I started every day saying what God said about me. And y'all, I'm telling you, my life began to be transformed. The fears began to leave me in the various areas of life. You know, there's so many, there's thousands of phobias. I had all kinds of fears in various areas of life. They began to fall off me. Doubt began to fall off of me. Dread and pessimism began to fall off of me. And I began to see myself. Uh, the way God saw me, because I said what God said about my life, and I begin to value myself the way God valued me. And you know, when you do that and you put that in your words, friends, it changes everything. My frame of reference to life literally was transformed. When we come back, I want to talk about that in more detail. I want to encourage you now, watch your words, set a watch, set a guard on your mouth. I watch my words, and if I, something slips out of my mouth that shouldn't say, I say, Lord, forgive me for saying that. I don't want that in my life. See, I'll cancel it right then, you know. So again, watch words. Words are powerful. The Holy Spirit, when he comes and lives in us in fullness, one of the first things he does is grabs a hold of our tree of life. You get baptized with the Holy Spirit, you're going to pray in the Spirit. Why? He wants to grab your tree of life and make it positive, make your life fruitful. So, Lord, as we conclude today, I pray in Jesus' name that the Spirit of God would minister life to every person who hears this. And that, Lord, even now you begin to tag us. Lord, help our tongue to be a tree of life and not a tree of death. Help us to speak life and not death. Help us to speak positive things and not negative things. And, 
Lord, thank you for the conviction of the Holy Spirit that rises up in us day after day after day to speak the right things. And Lord, more than that, help us to put the right things in our heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Thank you for your love and mercy on every person listening. Thank you for guiding us in this time. Thank you for directing us. Thank you for your love, your favor, and your compassion in Jesus' name. Well, God bless you, my friend. I can't wait to talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.